Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. Get your Bible or your electronic device and turn to Leviticus chapter 23. I feel like shouting, but I guess I already did, didn't I? I guess I feel like shouting again. Leviticus 23 and verse 2. We're going to continue our teaching concerning the feasts of the Lord and why they're important. This is going to really bless your life. Leviticus 23 and verse 2, King James Version. Are you ready? I guess three people are ready. Are you ready? All right, bless your heart. Let's read out loud together. Ready, begin. Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them concerning the feasts of the Lord which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations. Even these are my feasts. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for another opportunity to open your word, to open the hearts and minds of your people. Speak to us in this hour. Give us clarity of thought and understanding in the times in which we live. May we benefit more than ever for being covenant people, being your children. Feed us until we want no more. Anoint me to teach. Anoint your ears to hear and their hearts to receive so you can get the precious fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, then. Bless your heart. You may be seated. Now, Wednesday night, I said (laughs) that I might take a little bit extra time, and I didn't. So I'm kind of like borrowing that from, you know, preachers do that. We just look at somebody say, (laughs) look at somebody say, Pastor, borrowing some of your time. It's all good. It's all good. So we're talking about the Lord's feasts and in particular Rosh Hashanah that we're going to be doing a corporate consecration, fasting and praying. But I want to talk about why it's important to celebrate the Lord's feasts. I want to talk about why this this is going to be very informative, very enlightening, revelatory, and it's going to strengthen your walk with God. And that's what it's all about. So here in this particular verse, God tells Moses to tell Israel the feasts, Moed is the Hebrew word, the feast, Moed means appointed time, the feasts are his. He says, concerning the feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be a holy convocation or a holy gathering, he says, even these are my feasts. Say that with me. These are God's feasts. These are, it's important, these are God's feasts. These aren't Jewish feasts. People have made them Jewish feasts, but God said they're his. They're the Lord's feasts. They're not Hebrews' feasts, Jews' feasts. They're not Judaism's feasts. They're not man's feasts. They are the Lord's feasts. It's important that you remember that when we go through this message. These are the Lord's appointed times that he gathers his people together. These are the Lord's appointed times. These are special times that God says, I want all of my children together. And they're called his feasts. (laughs) Feasts, as I just said, are the holy gatherings that the Lord puts on. The Lord puts these feasts on. The Lord supplies everything that goes into the feast. He supplies the day, the time, the food, and the fellowship. All we have to do is show up. Hmm. Now, you've heard me teach the last several months, especially this year, on how important it is for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ as we move forward, as we move forward past the pandemic and all that it entailed, um, as we move forward, we must pay closer attention to the things that God says we are to remember. You've heard me say that. I'm going to keep saying it. Because what has happened, and it's happened before, so don't feel too bad about it. What has happened is what begins to (laughs) trickle into the church 
is man's traditions. And as man and as more and more of man's traditions creep in, more and more of God gets out. Man's traditions push out God's traditions. So then the church becomes traditionally a place where we do what we like. And we do less and less of what God likes. So the only way to combat that is to remember what God likes and remember why God called us together. All right. So the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I got to say this because can't assume everybody knows this, even though it should be something every believer knows. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ, whether Baptist, Methodist, church, church of God, whatever, whatever that we are, the church universal. Oh, wow. Wow. I, I thought somebody was amen. But y'all, you, you got to say that like you believe that. I don't want to take a detour here, but is, is it necessary for you to understand that God just don't love one denomination? <laughs> okay. All right, Jesus. I, I hear you. I hear you. See, see, the church universal. I know the word Catholic means universal. But they ain't universal. I'm going to say it like that. I'm going to say it like that. Everybody that names the name of Jesus Christ is part of the universal church. Tall, short, thin, wide, bald, hairy, black, white, brown, yellow. Somebody say amen. Like, okay. Every now and then I need it. Every now and then I need it. So, so. So when the church gathers, we gather universally to worship and celebrate the God that created all of us. See, that's, that's the powerful thing about the church. Because once you become a part of it, you can no longer say anybody's inferior. Because God created all of us. So the enemy has worked extremely hard, particularly the last two and a half years, to keep and make the church more separated. Some of you that have traveled uh, around during the first, particularly the first year of the pandemic, you know where you would go to certain states and people were still having church and churches were still full and they were still seeing people saved, healed, delivered. And then you go to certain states kind of like this one and the, and the, and the government tell you you can't have a church. Only 10 people could show up or 50 people show up. Then all of a sudden you got folk that want to go to church, separated from the folk that can't come to church or don't want to go to church. And all of a sudden now there's more division. Then you got folk that want to wear a mask, separated from folk that don't want to wear. Oh, my God. See, it's all a plan of the enemy to keep us from being the church that Jesus called us to be. Now, isn't it interesting? Think about this. That the world is celebrating evil more than the church is celebrating good. The world is getting together more than the church is. Think about it now. Think about it, my brothers and my sisters. So the world is getting together more than the church is getting together. So then the world is celebrating evil more than the church is celebrating good and God. For example, the world will not let you forget about the Oscars, the Emmys the Super Bowl, the World Series. The world's going to keep average. They're going to put more money into the graphics. It's going to be so fantabulous. You got to come. The world's like, wow. And we like, yeah, I'm coming. But we won't go to church. The world won't let you forget what it wants us to celebrate. And we fall for it. Now, don't, don't trip on me because I'm not saying there's anything wrong with going to the World Series. Unless you don't go to church and you love, say you love God. 
I mean, you can stand in line, let them check your bag, go through all your stuff, and go into a game, but you can't come to church. I'm going to say this, I'm going to leave it alone. I'm amazed at people that will stand in line to go see the queen, and she ain't your queen. But Jesus is supposed to be your king. Jesus is supposed to be your king. Jesus is supposed to be our king. Psalm 917. Psalm 917. Psalm 917. The wicked shall be turned into hell. I read this Wednesday. And all nations that forget God. The wicked shall be turned, directed, steered. You're going to hell. Don't think you're going to heaven. The wicked, that's twisted in their thinking and their doing. God help me. The wicked, twisted in their thinking. People that promote that a man can be a woman, a woman can be a man, that's twisted, that's wicked. People that try to force teachers to teach that, that's wicked. You're going to hell if you don't repent. The wicked shall be turned in. That's, I didn't make that. I didn't write that. That's in the Bible. Whether you read it before or not, it's in the Bible. You go, any, go through any Bible, you'll, that'll be there. The wicked shall be turned into hell. That's not giving a time out, giving another chance. You're going to hell. And all the nations, the word nations there is goye in Hebrew. All the nations. Goye is every nation not in covenant with God. So it doesn't matter. If you're not in covenant with God, you're going to go to hell if you forget. That word forget there, we talked about that Wednesday. Forgoing, foregoing, it means to neglect, to reject, to divorce God. You can't forget something that you've never known. So forgetting God is speaking to people that used to go to church, read their Bible. You used to pray, but you forgot God. You've rejected him. You've neglected him. You divorced yourself from God, so you're going to go to hell. Now watch this. Listen carefully, because it's going to get stronger and better. Write this down. Remembering and forgetting. Write those two words down. Remember, or three, and, unless you do the symbol. Remembering and forgetting. This is very, very important. Remembering and forgetting in the kingdom of God. In God's economy, they are relationship words. Remembering and forgetting in the kingdom, their relationship words. See, remembering God is more than just having him on your mind. If you're married, try that at home. Keep forgetting your wife's birthday. Oh, it, but it was on my mind, baby. You ain't did nothing. It's a relationship where remembering says, I remember you, I care for you, I know what you've done for me all year long, I remember it, and I couldn't wait to celebrate this day because I remember who you are to me. It's the same way with God. You can't just be at home and say, well, you know, I keep God on my mind. I ain't religious, I'm spiritual. See, y'all got to go to church and do all that. I ain't religious, I'm spiritual. I keep God with me. What, what you do for him? That's not remembering God. Try, try that with your children. Try that with people you like. Try that. Let somebody try that with you. You, you didn't remember me. You forgot me. I'm no longer on your mind. You're letting me know I'm no longer important to you because you don't do anything. There's no relationship. There's no covenant between you and I. There's no demonstration from you that you mean, that I mean anything to you. Remembering says you mean something. So when we come to church, we're telling God he means something to us. 
All week long, I've been thinking about you, so I showed up to let you know you've been on my mind and in my heart. I remember the Lord. It's time for folk that call on the name of Jesus to remember the Lord and show up and give him some service, give him some praise, and give him an offering. Hallelujah. Because remembering and forgetting our relationships, relationship words. So when we forget somebody, I don't care nothing about you. I forgot about you. I ain't mention your name. That means they're not important. It's a relationship word. God bless you. We pray every day because we didn't forget God. I know who woke me up this morning. So I pray. Listen, write this word down. It's not an obligation. You're going to hear that word again. It's, I don't pray out of obligation. Oh, I got to pray. I don't come to church out of obligation. Oh, I got to go. I love to go. I don't preach or teach because I got to. I love to. This is not an obligation for me. It's a relationship. You could, mm, I'm going to leave that alone right there. I'm just going to say it and move on. When you get really mature in your spirit, you can tell preachers it's just preaching because it's, it's money from those that love God. John 5, 39 and 30, and 30, John 5, 39 and 40. You, Jesus is speaking. You study the scriptures in detail. <laughs> this is not King James. He says, because you think you have the source of eternal life in them. Jesus said, these scriptures testify on my behalf. Notice what he says in verse 40. Yet you won't come to me to get eternal life. Hmm. Jesus said, you study the scriptures, but you won't come to me. It's relationship. That means we can read the Bible and never have a relationship with God. What does Jesus mean? What does it mean in the kingdom of economy of God? To come to him. Coming to Jesus is appearing before him when he calls you. And developing a relationship with him. Write it down. Some of us, some, some of us old school. I was saying this to somebody the other day. Somebody, some of us old school people remember back in the day when your mama called you. You wasn't in the basement say, what? Oh, No. You finna get in trouble. You can't say what? See that? Y'all, some of y'all looking at me strange. I ain't, you ain't heard nothing like this for back in the day. Mama call you. You run. And when you get there, you say, what, what mama? Now you say what? Because you're going to get instructions. It's the same way with God. When God call you, come to him. Come to him and let him know you're interested in what he wants you to do because he matters. How many of you understand what I'm saying? Uh, okay, how many of you agree with what I'm saying? So then what you need to do then is pray for your brothers and sisters because every Sunday morning Jesus says come. And they ain't showing up. All right, I already told you to write down this word, obligation. I write this other word down, invitation. Invitation. See, see, the call of God on us all is not an obligation, it's an invitation. This is where we get it twisted. It's not an obligation to come to church on Sunday. It's an invitation. You'll never stay content serving God if it's always and only about an obligation. See, your job is an obligation. That's why you go tired, angry, don't speak to folk. I'm here. You ought to be glad I'm here. That's an obligation. But an invitation is personal. Everybody don't get invitations. 
everybody don't get an invitation to be in the presence of God. We ought to be glad when we come into the house of the Lord because we got an invitation. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the, I was glad. I didn't get mad. It's an invitation. I'm specially invited. God wants me to be with him. Got this thing all messed up. Coming to Jesus is appearing before him when he calls and developing a working relationship with him. The feasts of the Lord are invitations. It's about relationship with the host. God invites his people to his feasts. It's an invitation not an obligation. You don't have to come. That's obvious when you look around. Some folk feel like they ain't got to come because it's an invitation. But you need to consider who's inviting you. And we're going to talk about this in a minute. You also need to consider what they're inviting you into. What you're going to get when you get there, I feel like running. I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to hold myself together. I, I'm so excited in my spirit. You need to know what you're going to get. Again, in Leviticus 23.2, God tells Moses, the feasts are his. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder in our zeal to embrace the new covenant of grace, if we've overlooked the practice and the importance of covenant gathering. This is a covenant gathering. Right now, wherever people are gathered in the name of Jesus, it's a covenant gathering. Covenant gathering. Hmm. I'll help you understand that in a minute. See, the Lord's feasts, the Lord's feasts, speak of the eternal future hope all God's people have that we will at some point in the, in, here we are at least in the near future, live forever in his presence. In other words, Sunday morning is a feast or a gathering of covenant people where we experience the presence, the power, and the anointing of God it's just a foretaste of what we're going to eventually experience all the time. Another way to say it would be Sunday mornings are just a dress rehearsal. It's getting us ready for that great day, as they used to sing about. So again, the feasts are not Jewish. They are not Hebrew or for those that practice Judaism, even though that's what has historically happened, the Bible says the feasts are the Lord's. <laughs> so anyone that belongs to the Lord should understand what the feasts are all about. I'm going to say that again. Anyone that belongs to the Lord should learn what the feasts are about because they're our Lord's. <laughs> historically speaking, because we're talking biblically, of course, historically speaking, people have always been invited to feasts. I heard about some of y'all. I heard some of y'all can burn. I heard some of y'all can really cook. And I, some, in fact, I know, last, matter of fact, yesterday at the repast, the food was just good. You know. So we, we shouldn't be unfamiliar with feasts. But what I think we're not as familiar with is the feasts of the Lord. Because you know Big Mama can throw down. You know, Mama Josie Pastor Deborah's mama, y'all know, every church picnic, outing, her food went first. 
Where Mama Josie's? Because she can burn. Well, if you can really enjoy, and it's good, there's nothing wrong with it. If you can really enjoy <laughs> what people prepare for you. What about what the Lord? Ecclesiastes 10:19. A feast is made for laughter, and wine makes merry. But money answers all things. We're talking about the first, a feast is made for laughter. When God calls a feast, He wants to put joy back in your heart. Somebody in here, somebody watching, it's hard for you to lift your hand, not just because physically it's difficult, but it's hard for you to lift your hand and praise him because you've been beat down so long by the world. You've been beat down by sickness, beat down by lack of money, beat down by the lack of love, beat down by being misunderstood, beat down because of the color of your skin, beat down because you're a woman, beat down because of your stand for right. You just get, get, keep getting beat down and, and you go to church, you love God, but see the feasts are special times. That God, there are appointed times that God has established for him to tell you, I'm going to bless you for sure in this season. I'm going to strengthen you for sure in this season. You're going to get some joy for sure in this season. This is why we need to understand the feasts. Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year, the Jewish or the new year, the new year on the Jewish calendar, the new year on God's calendar where he chooses to begin to do new things in our life leading up to the days of all and Yom Kippur, which is the day of atonement. It's the time for us to reflect on the things we did and look at the things in our life and say, no, we don't need this in our life anymore because it's robbing us of the joy of the Lord. Wait a minute, but we do need to pick this back up because these are the things that give us the joy of the Lord. This is the time to reflect on what you don't want to continue in your life. This is what Rosh Hashanah is all about. It's a special time to reflect. I was talking to somebody, a pastor, in fact, in another state. He was like, man, Bishop, I was riding around in this neighborhood. And he said, all these folk had their garage doors up and they can't even put their cars in it. So much stuff. You don't even know you, some of the stuff. You don't even know how blessed you are. You don't even know what you got. I'm going to raise my hand. Tell on myself, just real quick, don't get mad at me because some of y'all is just like it. Especially as you start getting a little older. Let's go into my closet. I had bought the same pants twice. I was so mad at myself, man, got more of my money. I already got them pants. I don't care if y'all laugh at me because some of y'all laughing at yourself while you laughing at me. But what that, what that does is it, it, it shows me I need to take inventory. I don't even know how blessed I am. I think I need something God has already provided. You better hear the preacher today. I think I need something God has already provided. Somebody in here need to recognize what you're praying for. You already have it. You just need to stop and take inventory and give God some praise. Because you already got it. Slap somebody high fives. I already got it. Thank you, Jesus. You already provided that. So now I can look for something else to happen in my future. I don't need to keep looking for that. I already got that. That's what Rosh Hashanah is all about. Let me tell you something. There are times... We need others in our life to help us recognize what we already have. That's the power of coming together. 
That's the power of coming to church and hugging somebody's neck and talking to them. They'll remind you how God has blessed you. They'll remind you you've been complaining too much. They'll remind you that you got stuff and that they wish they had and you ain't happy about it. And it'll help you get your head together and get your heart right because you're around somebody else that will remind you how good God has been to you. Proverbs 17, 22, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. A merry heart is like medicine to your body. Somebody full of the joy of the Lord, just getting around them and they laughing and talking brings healing to you. You, that's why you can't sit up in your apartment all by yourself, mad at everybody and yourself. Pretty soon you'll be mad at the dog. And that's your best friend. You don't, you don't fool with nobody else now because <laughs> now you done got mad at your dog. What you mad at me for? Because your bones are drying up because you ain't coming to the house of the Lord. You're not fellowshipping with the Lord. You're not fellowshipping with other believers. So your bones are drying up. Being here with you keeps me alive. It strengthens me in my calling and walk with God. My brothers and sisters, we need each other. We need to be together. The Lord's feasts are to bring joy and gladness into our lives because the world is full of everything else but joy and gladness. I mean, some of us know what it's like to get one phone call after another, after another, after another, to the point where you don't even want to hear the phone ring because you feel like it's another bad report. That's another reason we need to come to church to sing about the goodness of God, to tell of his goodness, to remind us of his goodness. Because, again, the Bible says a man shall eat the good by the fruit of his own lips. You're eating what you say. What you say is manifesting in your life. The feasts of the Lord are when we gather together. To let God fill us again with his spirit. I intentionally tell some of the members that I know that are physically challenged when I see them hug them and tell them they are a blessing to me. And I say that because it's true because to see them fight through what they got to fight through to get to church Cause me to keep fighting when I feel weak. You need to tell somebody before you leave church today, you encourage me when I see you come. You help me keep coming because if you can come knowing what you're going through, I know there's nothing to hinder me. Hallelujah. Psalm 1611, the Bible says God reveals the way of eternal life in his presence, and in his presence is the fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. In God's presence is the fullness of joy. In other words, we can't get real joy at a ball game. Oh, you had some temporary fun. You had a few beers. Maybe you lost $20 on the game. But you can't get real joy anywhere else but in the presence of the Lord. You want to know why some people can look at you and say, man, you look so good. You look so young. They don't know you've been through hell. The reason you look good to them is you've been in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. I feel good in my spirit. Hallelujah. You look good because you've been in the presence of the Lord. And the presence of the Lord makes you young and strong and vital and vibrant. You don't look all weary and wearied out and beat 
down and frustrated. Why? Because you've been in the presence of the... Oh, Lord, I feel like a... Yeah, yeah, it's the presence of the Lord on you. God calls us together so he could continue to rub himself on us. Luke 14, 13. But when thou makest a feast, Jesus is talking. When you make a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind. Why did Jesus say that? Because he's stressing the fact that feasts are called for people that need them the most. Who needs healing more than God's people that do God's will? Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying other people don't need God's healing. But we are in the kingdom. We are the ones that dispense the word. We are the ones that share the gospel. We need to be healed. Your mind needs to be free from clutter and bills and worry so you can tell somebody about Jesus. Your body, our body needs to be healed so you can go to the hospital and anoint them with oil and the prayer of faith. You need to be prosperous so you got enough money to help your family and be a blessing in it. You got to have all of that and God provides all of this at his feasts. Isaiah 55 verses 1 through 3. Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye buy and eat. Wait, wait, how can you buy without money. See, you don't understand our prayer, our praise and worship is kingdom currency. Don't just stare at me, write it down. I know I hit you, don't just stare, write it. Our prayer, our praise, our worship, our faith is kingdom currency. That's how we get from the Lord the things that are in heaven down to the earth. And there's no praise greater than corporate praise. Verse 2. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? I would go into my GMO mode, but I'm not going to get on that soapbox. Because we buying bread that ain't real bread. We eating corn that's GMO, ain't real corn. Other countries don't even want our corn. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which satisfies not? Why are you going spending your money? Oh, I'm going to get in trouble with some folk. Why are you giving Beyonce $500 for a concert? Oh, the beehive is buzzing. See, listen, listen, listen. I just mentioned the name. Look at y'all, y'all. Mm, oh, you know, see that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Why are you spending money? I'm talking about kingdom people. Obviously, the people of the world don't know any different. But us, why do we keep spending money on things that don't satisfy our soul? Why do you labor for that which don't satisfy you? Hearken diligently unto me, and, ye, and eat ye what that which is good. Eat what's good. Come to the Lord's table. Eat what's good. Come to church. Hear the word. Eat what's good. It'll satisfy your soul. Some of y'all, I'm just going to use one more. I'm going to get off your toes. Some of y'all won't miss the view, the chew, the talk. See, look at you. Just look straight ahead. Everybody go, no. You won't miss it. It don't satisfy you. Come on. Let your soul delight itself in fatness. Think about, this is what Rosh Hashanah helps us do. Think about what really satisfies your soul. And leave the rest of it alone. 
Verse 3, incline your ear, here it goes, and come to me. Hear, and your soul shall live. Hear the word of God, and your soul will be alive. Your mind, your will, and emotions, you won't be emotionally a wreck. He says, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Where else can you and I be invited to eat and drink without money that will satisfy you completely? Some of you know, some of us know, one of the worst feelings to have is to work yourself up and work and spend all your energy and then look forward to eating and go sit down somewhere and eat and the food is nasty. Man, y'all responded on that one, didn't you? Don't have time to tell this quick story. I'm going to tell this quick story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this, was, <laughs> uh, this was years ago. So we took about, I don't know, 12, 15 of our leaders down to North Carolina to a leadership retreat. And so we were really, really hungry. And so when we, <laughs> when we landed at the airport, we saw this brother. And, and, and uh, he was going to take us, a taxi driver. So he said, where's we in South North Carolina? Where's some good food? Oh, I know a place. I know a place. Okay, all right. So we went. Now, I'm not going to mention the name. Just tell me y'all don't shout the name out. I ain't trying to get sued. None of that kind of stuff. So, so we, we, we went to the restaurant. They had all these famous people on the wall as you go in. Said, oh, man, it's going to be good. <laughs> so they gave us the menu. They served fish, chicken, beef, pork, tacos, hamburgers. Some of y'all already know. And so, and so, so they, saints was ordering food. And uh, a couple of saints was wise. I said, well, how you cook your ribs? Oh, they boil them first. And then, and I said, mmm. <laughs> so then another waitress, because a group of us, another waitress came. They said, listen, listen. Can't no restaurant to serve all this. All of it be good. <laughs> I'm trying to help five more people. I'm just trying to help five people. So make a long story short, make a long story short. Uh, uh, we ate. And nobody was satisfied. So, so the guy was waiting on us. So we go out to the restaurant. He said, how was it? How was it? And I interrupted because I didn't want nobody to say nothing bad. I said, well, I'll tell you what, we ain't hungry no more. <laughs> I don't think nobody wants no food the whole day after that. We don't want no more food. <laughs> that's, that's pretty, as far as I can remember, that's an accurate depiction of what happened. God says, my feast is the only feast that will satisfy you. Since that's the case, we ought to make sure we show up every time God calls us to his feast. Because what the world offers us, it never satisfies you. Come on, be real. Be real. You ain't never with the world. I, I ain't going to go no further. I got to hurry. Matthew 22, 2. Jesus is speaking again. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a certain king which made a marriage for his son. He made a marriage. And, and you know through scripture that every marriage has a feast. So they were invited to the marriage feast. We know that the king in this uh, 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 particular case is God the Father and his son is the Lord Jesus Christ. So the Father is inviting saints or inviting people rather to get saved so they can come to the marriage feast of the Lamb. And the parable goes on to show us what folks are like. So the king invited a lot of folk. But folk was too busy. I'm holding it down. We'll come, King of Ling, but I'm kind of holding it down at the house. You know, we'll come to church, you know, but, you know, I got to do this thing. You know, I, ain't, I don't want to run in and run out. You know, we, we got all these excuses why we don't come to church no more. It's in the Bible. You in the Bible. We, we in the Bible. So, so people refused to come. And so the king said, okay, okay. 
told his servants, go out to the hedges, the highways, go into the streets. Because the folk I want to come, they don't seem like they're worthy. They don't, listen, they're rejecting, neglecting me. They're ignoring me. They don't want a relationship with me. So go get somebody else. And invite them to come. And so they came. Now I said this, I'm going to say it again now. Coming to the Lord's feasts, it is not an obligation, it is an invitation. Because just like in the parable, people that were invited didn't have to come. And many of them didn't. So when you look around and you see all the space available, don't think for one minute they ain't been invited. More than likely, the people that have been invited don't understand how important it is for them to accept the invitation. Listen, coming to church on Sundays is not an obligation. It's an invitation. It's a privilege to be able to have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords say, I want you in my company. Do you understand? Now, let me say this as I get ready to close in 10 minutes. Trust me, I understand grace. Jesus Christ has given us the ability to be with him any time we choose. However, the feasts, the appointed times and seasons are given to us for us to not only remember our relationship with him, but they are special times where God pours out and, and provides for us in unique ways. Here's another example of that. If you've got children or maybe grandchildren, I'm fit to be a grandfather. You better, you better leave me alone. So, you know at home, your children can go to the refrigerator anytime they want. Just about. Get whatever they want. Same thing with us. We can go to God anytime, get whatever we want. Through Jesus, we can. However, there are certain times mama cook. It's a feast. She pulling all the stuff out the refrigerator and onions and the green peppers and the tomatoes and the cilantro. And man, it's going to be good. And you see all these smells in the room and all it permeates the house. And man, a mama, but man's going to be throwing down and everybody's supposed to sit at the table. That's an appointed time where there's a special meal. When you, the whole family sits down. Y'all can't wait to eat. Look at y'all licking y'all lips and stuff. Y'all in the balcony, I can see y'all up there too. But see, not only is it the smells and the food and the preparation, but when we all sit down together, when we all are sitting down eating together, we're sharing our lives with each other. My brothers and my sisters, this is what the devil doesn't want us to do. He doesn't want us to come together and share our testimonies of the goodness of God, share our lives with each other, telling each other how we just made it through a trying season. But look at us now. If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side. See, that's what the devil don't want us to do. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me, Jesus says. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. That's another aspect of the feasts. God does all the work. We just sit down and enjoy. See, some, some of you mothers and cooks, you know, it's a lot of hard work cooking for everybody. 
It's a blessing if you can just come and sit down. That's right, young man. He got it. Psalm 23, 5. Talked about this Wednesday. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. God's the host. We're the guest. There are times when God says, come sit down. I'm going to prepare a table. I'm going to put all these spiritual blessings on it. I'm going to show your enemy what you're about to get from me that they can't stop. I'm going to show the enemy. I'm getting ready to bless you in this season. I'm going to, I'm going to spread out healing, deliverance, breakthrough, finances, peace. It's all at the Lord's table. And God will put it out there for you and let your enemy see you can't stop this. This season is my breakthrough season. This is my season. This is my Rosh Hashanah. It's the beginning of a great season in my life. Somebody praise him for real. Hallelujah. God's about to do something that enemies can't stop. God's about to give you something the devil can't do nothing about. All you got to do is have enough sense to show up. All you got to do is pick up the invitation. Open it up and find out when it's going to be. Where is it going to be? I'm going to be there. Because God's going to bless me right there. So Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, Pentecost, Feast of Trumpets, Day of Atonement, Feast of Tabernacles. These are all reminders. They're invitations. They're the Lord's. They don't belong just to the Jewish people. They belong to all God's people. It's times for us. It's times when we fellowship with the family of God. I, I know things have changed. But I just feel this family reunion, a family reunion. Y'all remember them running around little snotty nosed boys and girls? That used to be some of us. All the pop and the red Kool-Aid you can drink. You didn't worry about anything, did you? You got dirty and smelly. Mama didn't care. Daddy didn't care. It was it was a family reunion. You're having a good time. It may be a while for all of us to get together like this again. That's why every time we get together on Sunday or Wednesday, it's a holy gathering that we need to cherish. Oh, God, I felt something right there. We need to cherish this. Isaiah 65.8. Thus says the Lord. Thus says the Lord. It's not the right one. 65.8 is fine, though. Thus says the Lord. Hear this. The new wine is found in the cluster. Destroy it not. For there's a blessing in it. You know what that means? You and I are individual grapes. When we come together, we make a cluster. The new wine, the anointing is in the cluster. You don't make wine out of one grape. It takes many grapes. When we come together, it produces an anointing that you can't get on your own. Lift your hands right there. Put your hands right there. Father, help us understand the power of us coming together as the body of Christ. 
the new wine, the fresh anointing is in the clusters in us gathering. And the enemy doesn't want us to come together because he doesn't want us to experience a fresh anointing, the power of God, the feast of the Lord. He's doing everything he can to divide us and keep us from coming together. But you have done everything you're going to do to get us to understand the power of us coming together. May we become a new, a fresh anointing for Lake County. May we, the body of Christ, come together. Churches and churches coming together. Individual churches coming together. May we become a cluster. May we not allow the enemy to divide us any longer and keep us from each other any longer. May we be that new wine that's needed for this younger generation. So we can do the greater works. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now listen, there's so much more to this. I'm going to give you a couple more and we're going to let you go home. <sighs> Psalm 36, 7 and 8. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. Verse 8. They shall be abundantly satisfied. With the fatness of thy house. Did you hear what God said? Those that belong to God's house will be satisfied by the abundance in his house. If you never go to his house, you'll never experience the abundance of his house. This is another reason the enemy don't want us to come to the house of God. Because there's abundance and fatness. In his house. And he goes on to say, and thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. Father calls us to his feasts to satisfy us with his abundance, to remind us all things work together for the good. To remind us, like David said, I've been young. Now I'm old. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor God's seed begging bread. My brothers and sisters, as we, this church, and those that would like to with us, as we fast and pray during Rosh Hashanah, as we fast and pray, as we abstain from physical food, it's to help us remember to eat our spiritual food. I'm going to say that again. When we fast and pray and abstain from physical food, it is to remind us how desperately we need spiritual food because the natural food cannot satisfy our souls. Last scripture. Revelation 3, 20 and 21. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and sup with him. I will sit down and have a meal and fellowship and talk with him and he with me. Verse 21. To him that overcometh, Will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I have overcame and sit down with my father in his throne? My brothers and my sisters, do you see the scarlet thread of God's invitations from Genesis to Revelation? He's been saying, come. 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 Revelation 21 or 22, 17. The spirit and the bride say, come. 
And let him that heareth come. Let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him come. Everyone stand on your feet. I hear God's invitation. I hear the divine invitation of our creator throughout the ages of mankind saying, come. I hear the invitation. I don't feel the weight of an obligation. I hear an invitation. Today, this morning, under this anointing in his presence, he's saying, come. There's an invitation for you. If you want to be saved, come. Matter of fact, if you want to be saved, come down here right now. If you're not born again, come. This, the invitation is it's eternal. It's universal. It's been going on since the beginning of time. Come. If you're watching online, come. Come. Give your heart to Jesus. Come and make your fellowship with him. He is the only one that will satisfy your soul. If you need healing, come. If you need a breakthrough, come. Whatever you need, the table of the Lord is spread here. You can get whatever you need. You just got to come boldly to the throne of grace. And you'll find mercy and obtain grace to help. You'll opt Everything you need is at the Lord's table. Whatever you need, God will not divide. He won't. He won't. He said, you don't need money for this. You just need faith. You need prayer. You need praise. I don't know specifically who I'm talking to, but I'm talking to anybody and everybody because God says, come, come, come. If you need healing, come. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't wait. I can't make it no plain. I don't have no more time right now. Just come. Whatever you need from your God, the invitation has already been extended for you to get saved, for you to get healed, for you to get delivered, for you to get your breakthrough, for you to get what you need. It's the Lord's feast. It's not mine. I don't control it. I'm just called to announce it. I'm just called to announce it. I'm just here to help you remember who your God is, how good he is, how much he loves you. He's preparing a table before you in the presence, hallelujah, of your enemies. If you're not saved at this altar, and I think everybody is, but if you're not saved, raise your hand. I need to know how to pray for you. I need to pray the right prayer. Make sure you get what you need off the table. Make sure you get what you need. Pastor Deborah, would you join me? And as usual, you can begin to pray as you're led. I want everyone that doesn't have a need right now to stretch your hands towards your brothers and your sisters. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The new wine is in the cluster. The anointing is in us coming together. Don't you dare stay silent when God is moving and there's an anointing on your life. Don't you dare not pray for anyone that comes with a need. I thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yes. Come on, worship team. Come on, worship team. Come on, worship team. Hmm. We worship you, our Lord. You are worthy to be praised. You are Alpha and Omega. We worship you, our Lord. You are worthy to be praised. We give you all the glory. Sing it again, we give you all the glory. 
Sing it again, sing it again. We give you all the glory. We worship you. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward, and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.